welcome to the Green Goddess Podcast. I'm your host, Tara. On this show, we explore sacred medicines and the evolution of consciousness. Today, our guest is Lisa Snyder. Lisa Snyder is an advocate for plant medicine, specifically cannabis, and she comes to it through a really unique angle, which is an organization that she co-founded called Tokativity. We actually met through Tokativity um, about five years ago in Oregon, and that's how we got connected. Welcome to the show, Lisa. Thanks so much for having me. So can you tell us a little bit about what you remember from um, Tokativity when we first met? Yes, I remember you were standing in my business partner Samantha's kitchen where we hosted you know, all of our Tokativity events in Portland from the very beginning. And I remembered that we kind of knew each other in high school, but we didn't really know each other. And I was like, this is very cool that we are, you know, seeing each other years and years later in a different space and time, but really aligned. And you had been hosting cannabis ceremonies at our Tokativity socials. And I'll never forget being upstairs in Sam's attic, surrounded by 50 women, or more, and you sharing that you knew that this was going to be big, and that this was going to be bigger than us, and, um, you know, it was amazing. I think back to that moment many times, and get goosebumps when I do, thinking about how we started in Portland, and how we were doing those ceremonies, and doing a lot of intentional work, and now we're a global community of cannabis feminists. It's really beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, I remember us, um, we were leading, I was leading like a group visualization of seeing cannabis heal the world and expand and become legal and become something that everyone could access and become more respected. And it was so cool to have so many people totally resonating with that and visualizing together to, to manifest that. It was really cool and really powerful. And I, I like to think it maybe, you know, did make quite an impact because cannabis has become more legal. It definitely did. I feel like your intention setting with everybody's visualization was really maximized um, when we were together, all the times we were together. And I believe it's really been a root system of why we've been able to reach as many women as we have. That's awesome. Well, something that, you know, really struck me about what you created was like how unique it was. You created a business and an organization that's centered around healing the sisterhood of women. That's true. I am. You know, both my parents died of cancer when I was in my 20s, and I simultaneously, while that was happening, was attending this really beautiful feminist gathering that was a global gathering, and I learned from so many feminists before me what sisterhood really truly was, actually supporting women. And as a lesbian woman, I have had the you know, the privilege of being able to actually not center my entire world around heteronormative thinking or behaviors. Obviously, a lot of the world does think like that, and that's fine. But how I've been able to kind of take a step back is because I don't need the approval of men, and I don't, like, have that as my center point. 
therefore I can help other women see themselves as their own center point instead of centering their male partners or, you know, male colleagues or male voice. <laughs> um, and sometimes it does feel like going against the grain, but what we're trying to strive for in general as a society and as a, as a world, as the world shifts and grows is, is equality. Everybody wants to feel equal. And that's really where a lot of fights happen and wars happen, which is someone wants something else and someone doesn't feel equal. And, you know, <laughs> it's been a really beautiful journey to over the last five years, um, centering women in our conversations around, you know, the liberation of women through cannabis, um, helping women understand how to take care of their bodies, minds, and souls, and how it comes from within. So we really do support personal and professional growth, and that's always part of, before Togativity even started, that's how I saw the world. I really want the best for people, and that's really truly what I believe that, like, sisterhood is, is like loving yourself and loving other women and hoping for their success. Oh, I love that. Thank you. I love that so much. That's just so well said. And, and, you know, I want to tell you, like, you know, I'm, I'm hetero and, um, and very much identify as a woman. And yet like going to these events that you created from, from your unique vantage point, really did change my understanding and appreciation for communities of women specifically in that way. I thought it was really cool because it, it did, the, the energy was really different. The culture was really different. It, it felt different in a good way. It, it was really neat. I bonded with a lot of people and made a lot of really close friends through what you created. And it was really interesting because everyone was there with that shared appreciation for plant medicine and empowerment. And that's what that was also really cool is like, uh, you know, a lot of what you're doing is advocating, helping people to heal themselves using, you know, nature, what's available to all of us and, and to heal ourselves on the physical, emotional, mental, and in my opinion, the most interesting, the spiritual level. Yeah, what what really did, like you said, bring us together was plant medicine. And there, I thought that was really one of the most beautiful aspects because it was so, so many different backgrounds of women were present. And like everyone from 21, the oldest one we ever had was at Togativity, I think was 81. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember yeah. seeing some, some elders. That was way cool. Yeah. Um, and so all different backgrounds different generations, different colors, different sizes, um, different beliefs, you know, but the main thing was we love cannabis. And at that time, pre-pandemic, it was consumption friendly and we were really pushing the envelope with what that could do and how, how we could do that. Um, and so, you know, it, it was so important to me to set the stage which, with consciousness, which I continue to do and support doing even in our digital events and having that energy translate, which we have been actually able to successfully do on, on some level. Um, obviously in person is, is always, you know, more intimate because you're able to, you know, look at each other in a different way and be around each other's energy, but we can still translate that through the digital. And we've been able to, to do that, which has been really beautiful. It's, 
setting the stage for the space is really the most important thing to me because so much magic happens in between. Well said. Yeah, I think also something that I learned through being around you and your organization was I met a lot of women who who felt um, that they had been traumatized by men and I mean they had been they'd been assaulted and because of that they didn't feel safe going out really and socializing in public places but what you created made them feel safe and that was interesting to to learn that there were so many people who had those kinds of experiences most women have some experience of some kind being sexually assaulted um you know and that's unfortunate and we hope in the future that that you know, isn't that way, but the truth is, is that is, is it is. Um, what's been interesting is, you know, pre-pandemic, we were, we were women only, and we shifted to women-centered um, right before the pandemic began. Like literally, our we had one event that was an everybody can come, um, but we it was so important to us to put guidelines and a code of conduct in place before doing that because what was really beautiful about the, the women's space was that everybody had a, a general understanding of how to be respectful to one another but then you add in you know men who have been socialized in a certain way and that have a very long way to go just, just generally speaking on how to be respectful how to notice energy how to tap in in a certain way and there it's more likely to to that something you know unintended would happen and so we put a code of conduct in place so we could really lean on it and make sure that everybody coming understands what those rules and and are when we do still apply them to our digital events but um you know we've been we were lucky to not have to really have have to kick anybody out or whatever but we wanted to be able to do that um, which I, I honestly do believe that all in-person events or online events should have a code of conduct so that you can lean on it. There's just too much abuse happening out there, and um, and we feel very strongly we, we want to protect women and BIPOC folks from being abused. Thank you. Yeah, I, I think what you're doing is really interesting and valuable. Um you know, I, I love men. I, I hang out with lots of them. I'm fortunate to know many very conscious, tuned-in men and people that are non-binary. And I'm just curious, how how do you now navigate um, just that realm? Do you welcome in, like you're saying you've shifted from women only to women-centered. So do you welcome in people that are non-binary? Yeah, we, we always did. Um, but you know, we, we always centered women during those conversations as well, but we called them women only. We now do welcome all, but we center women. That means we're going to be talking about women's issues. We're going to be centering women-identified folks in our, like, presenters and conversations. It's about the, the woman experience um, for our members and for the people that are part of our community and you know, we 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 recently posted um, our Tokativity Will Manifesto, where we envision a world that the cannabis, psychedelic, and intersectional feminist movements heal our communities and our earth. 
that women, Black, Indigenous, Hispanic, Latinx, Asian, Pacific Islander, and people of color own at least half of the world's most thriving and sustainable businesses. And the whole thing, like, you can read the whole thing on our website. We have a whole thing about what we really envision. We've, we've taken a step back out of just, like, being, you know, an event series for women, which is how we started. But now we're a global community, and we want to have a collective vision that goes beyond just women. It also, you know, really includes and centers um, the BIPOC community as well. And it's been a really beautiful journey to, to get here. That is really awesome work. I think it's so cool. Your purpose is really beautiful and, and needed at this time. And, and you're, you guys are doing great with it. I mean, you're, you've, got, you've been going for five years. That's true. I mean, we've been able to pivot a lot, and we do believe that Poketivity is, is a spiritual entity that we are the channels for, and we are the human channels for, and we are the, the Earth Mothers for, and um, and she tells us it's, you know, she's a female, I feel like she's a female collective of voices from beyond, and that she's like, you should do this, you should do that. And then we kind of check in with our human selves and say, okay, is that the right direction? Does that feel good? Is that like a full body yes? Okay, let's do it. And that's how we've really been able to keep going, honestly. It has been a spiritual journey from from the start. Thank you for sharing that. I remember hearing a bit about that, and I, I think um, in the beginning, and I was really impressed with how you uh, integrate your spirituality and your intuition with the practical um, business aspects of what you're doing and how, you know, I think a lot of people um, really struggle with that. I know it's, it's been confusing for me at times, um, you know, and it's great that you've been able to keep your spirituality front and center. And, and actually um, that's, I think in a way, not that spirituality is gendered, but in a certain way, that's, that's kind of a feminine approach you know, um, to rely so strongly on your intuition above what your mind might think you should do. Yeah, um, it's been really interesting, but we believe wholeheartedly. And when I say we, I'm talking about like me and my business partner, Samantha, um, really using our intuition to guide us and also our experience. Like you have to be if you have a business and you want to make enough money to like feed yourself and pay your mortgage or whatever bill, whatever other bills you have, you have to figure out a way to work with the universe's energy exchange. You know, that's what money is. It's an energy exchange. And it's like something that is, it's not even tangible anymore because it's all digital these days. It's just a number on a screen, but it's about exchanging energy. And so, um, it's been it's been an interesting journey to find our way because we like I said earlier we didn't start as like this is a business and here's a business plan it really wasn't like that it was like something you're passionate about I wanted to start an event series that was consumption friendly Samantha had a house that she had already been doing consumption events for two years in and she got a full body yes when I pitched her on the idea of it and then the two of us together with our minds and hearts um kept going and kept showing up and kept you know making space for it and people you know women were called to it you know we 
we did some marketing for it, but really it was all word of mouth for a very long time and still continues to be a very high, uh, a very top of, of mind thing for, for folks when they're sharing about, you know, wanting to feel more connected to themselves and each other and meet people. And we still vibrate that energy in the digital space. Um, and it is all about vibration and intention. Yes, I remember um, hearing about from Samantha that she would do journeys and um, I think you guys did some work with altars and some other interesting um, magical approaches to find your direction and to um, make each action that you took with your work um, really intentional. Yeah, we do this in the digital now too, but in the physical space, you know, we were in a house um, and mind you, when we did break out and do things in other locations, we would try to find a place where we could have multiple things going on at the same time because it makes it really fun. But we really wanted women to come in and, like, feel out where they should go, which is really fun. And it really is good practice for using your intuition because we always wanted women to feel better when they left than when they came in. And so we would have, like, you know, tarot card reading. We'd have Reiki we would have um, a potluck where women brought food. We'd have educational things, like where there might be, like, a can of mom in a corner who's, like, ready to talk to you about your, you know, being a can of mom and all kinds of different experiences. We always had a craft table, which is about... I loved that. Yeah, your craft tables. Yes. <laughs> uh, I, I miss the craft tables, like the in-person craft stuff. But um, it's been, you know, it was, it was a way for for women to, to center themselves for a little while. In fact, our first Copativity Social was called Love Yourself More, and we're doing our sixth Love Yourself More this month. It's about centering yourself and um, and in your own body, mind, and spirit. And, um, yeah, I, intuition is the most beautiful navigation system we were all born with, and I just love helping others tap into that. How do you help others tap into that? Is that some is that part of your work? Do you do coaching on that? I do business coaching and I have thought about exploring more like spiritually. I keep putting that part on the back burner because cognitivity is taking up so much of my spiritual and intuitive time. But um, I when people speak, they often will share things that that are true for them, whether or not they know what they're saying sometimes. And you, if you catch it, you can help pull it out kind of like um, <laughs> like one of those handkerchiefs, you know, like those magician where they keep pulling something out of their mouth and it just keeps coming and coming and coming and coming. And it's like, that's what I feel like sometimes I do by hearing what somebody is trying to do and like reinforcing it. Um, if we're having a conversation, if we're not having a conversation, I like to set up a stage, an energetic stage for women to like, and individuals now to walk in, whether it be digital or in person, when we get back to that, uh, of, of what calls to them. And that, um, that doorbell of like, oh my God, I, I like the way this feels is that resounding yes that we feel when something feels really good. I do believe that we're meant to feel good in this life and that we're meant to have fun and that we're meant to like find things that feel loving and good. 
And when we don't feel that way, we're out of alignment with ourselves. And so I hope that, and I've always hoped that by doing anything I'm doing, whether it's a tilt activity or other things I do, that someone feels more connected to themselves and to the world through what I'm sharing myself. Yeah, you're super present. That's one of the things that I've noticed and admired about you. Um, when we were in person, I always was impressed by that. You're just, you are, you know, a master of presence in many ways. And um, and absolutely a healing presence as well. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yes. Um, I think that, you know, when you lose somebody, and I know everybody listening has lost some something in their lives, you get more present with life or it tunes you in um, to what you really want because we don't know how long we're going to be here in the physical and we might as well enjoy our life. Well said, Lisa. This has been really fascinating and awesome and I'm just so happy that you decided to come on and, and do the show with us today. Thank you so much for inviting me. This is so fun. Yes. Um, curious if you have any thoughts about Specifically, why cannabis would be important right now for the type of work that you're doing? Why do you think cannabis is so powerful for um, empowering and healing communities of, of specifically women in your case? Well, it has become the most like legalized um, plant medicine that we've sort of seen in our lifetime. It actually used to be something that was used by many, many people before it became illegal um, 80 plus years ago. And so it has the most potential for healing. I've met people who have healed from cancer and that's extremely motivating for me, especially as I have as I, as lost so many people, including my parents from cancer, that it's, it's exciting to me for us to normalize it and to participate in that normalization enough for, for it to get, for maybe laws to change, for then maybe for this to become nationally legal, for them to be able to finally put energy and money behind research. I know that that could be controversial because the more normalized it gets, the more pharmaceutical companies will jump on board and try to make a ton of money for it from it and make it harder for the little the little people to and the small businesses to, to really thrive. Um, I hope that that doesn't happen, and I really want to support everybody winning from and having a good experience. But as far as the, like the liberation of women through cannabis goes, I am very passionate about women's liberation, and that really means to me feeling good in your mind, body, and spirit, and being able to speak up for yourself, and being able to do the things that you want to do in your life without limitations, and supporting your freedoms, whatever that feels like for you. And, um, and a lot of women struggle with um, depression, and anxiety, and it body issues and um, not really knowing exactly how to heal themselves and pharmaceutical pills and stuff like that. And the more women I talk to who have embraced cannabis and CBD and embraced that world um, for certain physical ailments, the more it proves to me that this is definitely a, a very large avenue for healing. And, um, and I support 
women's healing. I support everybody's healing, but I'm a woman and I am a feminist and I support equality. And that means more attention, in my opinion, must be put into the women's space and in and women in general in order to get them to speak up for themselves and, and not get them to, but support them speaking up for themselves, finding tools that help them. And, um, and hopefully also, you know, getting men on board the train too, because everybody suffers from the patriarchy's um, rules and, and energy and, um, and, and I know a lot of, of men who have really suffered as well from, from that because they've had to shove themselves into the box of the patriarchy that the patriarchy put on, on them. So it actually helps everybody. Um, yes. Yes, that's totally true. I've, I've helped a, a number of clients in my healing practice that were men that um, could could not cry. And because of that, because of what you're saying, because of uh, oppressive um, conditioning and, and social rules, they uh, had unfortunately developed kind of an unconscious inability to express their sorrow and their grief. And as a result, they were suffering from chronic pain and physical illnesses that when unlocked and they were able to finally cry and move that energy were completely spontaneously healed. So I've seen that. That's, that's so true. And I'm really glad that you, you spoke to that. Yeah. I, I have a handful of, of male friends who I talk to about being boxed in by the patriarchy's desire to for men to be like strong and not cry and be the breadwinner and like so they're they're that messaging has been downloaded into all of us and it's up to us to unravel that and to say mm, yeah I hear that that's been the way it has been but I want something different and the collective I want something different I think is going to be in our lifetime the reason why things actually change well said. I really like that. As you were speaking, I was thinking about all these ways in which things that are um, kind of conventionally or traditionally seen as feminine um, have been kept from from men in ways that are harmful to men, like aspects of self-expression, you know, beyond being able to grieve um, and weep and cry without ridicule. There's also, you know, um, a lot of a lot of people would like to wear pink and purple and um, maybe skirts and dresses and makeup and nail polish. And I think that we're starting to see some people do that more in the mainstream, but it still looks really transgressive when they do. And um, there's absolutely lots of ways in which I think people who would identify as men probably feel quite oppressed. Yeah, I really would love to see more support around men's expression of self in all different ways like it could and should be normalized if a, if a guy wants to wear a skirt and you know in places that are more liberal it kind of is normalized but um you know if men want to wear makeup like I definitely seeing that more like you said in the mainstream and I'm, I really like seeing that because I think that we should be able to express ourselves in the physical like however we want to express ourselves um, without having to be put into that like box. Everybody wants everything to be in a box. <laughs> 
That is so true. That is so well said. So in a way, what you're doing and celebrating the feminine and protecting the feminine, I feel like a lot of what you're saying in your approach, it feels like it's protection and strengthening of the feminine and celebrating and honoring the feminine, all of that kind of thing. Um, you know, I guess uh, specifically in your case, mo more so that has been in the, in the shape of people, um, the feminine body and those identified with it. But it's all of it. It's all of it. It's, I mean, which you can see in the way that you designed your events, you know, with things that are kind of appealing to the feminine or traditionally appealing to the feminine. They like, we like, you know, we like intuitive things. We like, um, you know, creative expression, all those types of things. And I'm thinking that, you know, as you're celebrating that and honoring that and, um, as you say, centering around that, it's actually, it's healing for everyone. It's healing for men it's healing for people who don't call themselves men or women. It's it's healing for everybody because we are all getting to express the feminine in in a more empowered way. Yes. <laughs> yes, we are. Yes, we do. And yes, we do that in our digital space now. And um, it's really exciting because we when we understand one another more and we get to see one another in our who we are um we take that with us and then we can we can generate um that energy field where other people feel more comfortable with us and where other people feel more safe with us and i would like to hope that you know the celebration of the feminine feels empowering to all and by the way i mean cannabis the things that we consume is the female plant so in general anybody who likes cannabis is celebrating the feminine by default. Ah, because we're we're smoking the flowers, is that why? Yes. Mm, I like that. It definitely has a strong feminine energy to it, I've noticed. And when I smoke, I'm curious to hear what you think about this, but when I smoke, uh, the number one transmission, intuitive download transmission that comes through for me often is self-love is how I can be kinder to myself, more compassionate to myself, more gentle to myself in that moment. And then that, of course, translates to a version of myself that I like better in all areas of my life. I'm curious if you feel the same and what other kinds of um, themes and patterns you've noticed, because you have a really strong, deep relationship with that plant. Hmm. You know what's funny is that I've taken my consumption down significantly over the last year and I've increased my CBD consumption and I think that a lot of us are buzzing at like this vibration that actually doesn't match where we really want to be at and we're overworked, we're overtired, we're doing too much, we have clutter in our house, you know, there's all this stuff and we're trying to what we really want to feel is like calm happy and joyful and so for me kind of shifting things around a little bit I've noticed my sensitivity to THC I'm going to take it down a notch and so with the CBD I, it's kind of taking me to the place I want to go to and not every single you know this is part of the self-discovery of cannabis too it's like not every single day and smoking the same thing or consuming the same thing all the time whether it's edibles or tinctures or dabbing or whatever is going to make you feel the same way because we don't feel the same way we did yesterday or the day before we're in different moods and we have th different things going with our bodies and stuff so it's about 
tapping into your intuition about your body and what it actually needs instead of overriding it and pretending, you know, just because you're, oh, I smoke weed every day and so that's what I'm just going to do. Like, I think, like, we as a community and me as a, as a woman who has been a consumer for since I was 14 um, and definitely in the last years that this has been legal here in Oregon, been tuning more into what my body needs and um and i think that i'd like to hope that more people are tuning into what their body needs and that this journey of legalization is about learning that instead of overconsumption or just kind of default consuming and so for me cannabis and that includes cbd has helped me to tune into what does my body need right now and what's going to help me feel better and good now and sometimes that's not consuming that is so well said. I mean, just amazingly well said. I totally love that. I, you know, it's interesting what you mentioned about moving away from THC and towards CBD. Um, I did that. I stopped smoking uh, THC cannabis and just started using cannabis oil that's all CBD, really hemp, full spectrum hemp oil for a couple of years. And I thought that my journey with THC was over with because it was very deep. I got a lot out of it. I had some really downright psychedelic, mystical experiences with it. And I thought, okay, well, I guess it just at a certain point, I, my system was telling me, yeah, you know, take a break and just come into the present moment and stay here. And CBD was really more conducive to that, I felt like, um, just helping me to like you're saying, uh, tune into the present moment and tune into myself. And now I'm actually back to working with THC. I got this download on a full moon. It was like, start again. I'm like, okay. And then I'm learning more again. It's like the, I see cannabis as a teacher spirit, a healer for sure, but also a teacher. And sometimes she calls us to work with her and learn from her some different kinds of lessons and see things from different perspectives. And we need different aspects of what she has to offer. But, um, yeah, so thank you for bringing that up, and thank you so much for what you said about how cannabis has really helped you to tune into yourself. And it's really clear from everything you're sharing how strongly uh, in tune you are with your spirit and your intuition, and that's a, a wonderful um, thing for us all to get to witness and listen to because it helps us all to, to remember that too. And I love what you said about slowing down. Thank you. Yeah, Um I've had to remind myself as an East Coaster, maybe you can identify with this, um, that like your the default was like do a lot, work a lot, you know, et cetera. And part of the reason why I moved to the West Coast was to kind of hopefully be around more people who were into the self-care movement and also really centered um, self-care in their life so that it would so that I could absorb it more and practice it more, you know, the more I was around other people who were like, yeah, I'm getting a massage today, I'm getting acupuncture, I'm going to do this and that, the more normalized it would be for me. And that definitely has rubbed off big time. Oh, yeah. I, I credit Oregon for helping me in those directions, too, for sure. We grew up in New Jersey. It's the opposite. <laughs> At least it was. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well said. In addition to legalized cannabis, which is pretty awesome. Um, in Oregon, I mean, although I think it's legal in New Jersey now as well. It is, yes, yes. They're still figuring some stuff out from their medical program to the legal um, adult use, but um, in New York as well, it's really kind of amazing, and I look forward to going to the East Coast and celebrating with some of my people. 
Yeah, I, I really think it's valuable that cannabis is becoming uh, so much more, as you would say, normalized or legalized and mainstream because it's going to heal consciousness. It's going to heal bodies. It's going to heal hearts, you know, in ways that conventional therapies and medicines are not doing. And it's going to empower people to connect with their spirit. And all of that stuff is amazing and so deeply needed in the evolution of consciousness that we're collectively creating at this time to heal the earth, right? That's right. Okay. Let's end on that note. And I want to invite you, Lisa, to tell us, excuse me, how we can connect with you further and learn more about you, since I know so many people listening are definitely resonating with you. Yes. Well, you can find me in a couple different places, Um, Tokativity.com and everything on social at Tokativity. Um, we would love to meet you. Mention this podcast. <clears throat> Excuse me. Mention this podcast that we that you heard about us, and you know we we'd love to know um, more about you and get to know what you're what you're trying to do out there in the world. Whether you're a consumer or a business owner, check us out. Reader Will Manifesto. Um, also in in digital space, I do have um, a, a website l li.com. It's spelled e double l double e y e, and it's it's a totally different vibe. But, you know, if you're into crypto or websites or NFTs or SEO or any of that stuff, I also make custom art. Um, check me out there. You make custom art? What kind of art? Um, I take photographs and I turn them into illustrations of people. Fabulous. Fabulous. Yeah. Thank and you. Thank you. I'm um, sorry. Go on. Okay. Well, Lisa Snyder, I am so glad that you came on the show today and you shared, you know, your experience and your wisdom so very eloquently as always. And thank you for doing all that you do so passionately, all this awesome advocacy work and the very difficult work of taking a vision, an idealized vision, and actually grounding it into something that works and is sustainable in the physical plane. Not only, um, culturally sustainable but actually like as a business too i think that's amazing i think what you've done is amazing and i think um the work you're doing is fabulous just helping women network and helping uh the empowerment of all of these communities it's just so valuable especially now i bet because you're global because of the internet and your focus on the virtual world um you're able to help people in uh, foreign countries who are even less supported in their interest in cannabis Yes. And so for our listeners, thank you for listening to the Green Goddess podcast. We invite you to subscribe to the show. If you'd like to support the show, we would love that at patreon.com slash magic and flow. And you can visit me, Tara, at magic and A-N-D flow.com and that's where you can find my transformational courses that you can take to learn how to access your own spiritual gifts and your own higher consciousness and self-love and all kinds of other wonderful things that's magic and flow.com and as i like to say at the end of every show may the plants be with you <laughs>